The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the latest episode of Star Trek Picard called Surrender. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today is Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father. How's it going? Wait, Surrender, isn't it a song from Cheap Trick? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to sing that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a song mood today. We had both, both titles that we recorded today had song themes. Yes, exactly. Uh, so as you'll notice, it's just Father Corey and I today. Jimmy's got something else that's going on that's taking him away from us, but he'll be back soon. Uh, but until then, I want to remind everyone to get your very own Secrets of Star Trek t-shirt or other kinds of merchandise by visiting sqpn.com slash merch m-e-r-c-h and i want to tell you about another show on the star quest network you are sure to enjoy called the secrets of stargate you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash stargate and i want to say you guys father Corey's does that one too and you guys yes. have just hit a hundred episodes that yes. you've recorded which is amazing and it was a special one because you had Joseph Malazzi on it, who yes. is a writer for Star uh, was, Stargate SG One. He was a writer writer for SG One, a writer and executive producer for the last half of SG One yep. and Atlantis and uh, SGU's yeah. Stargate Universe. Right. So he was very much involved in the later, like I said, the later later Stargate. He wasn't the first four or five seasons, but the fifth season he came in and became very involved. And it was a great interview. We got to talk about a lot of different things and very gracious. Yeah. Uh, I, and we, we were able to avoid being the, uh, if you remember the old Chris Farley SNL skit. <laughs> so do you remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, you remember that time when Jack did that thing? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we avoided that. Although you did get apparently a little bit of um, discussion about, what's going on with Stargate and its future and yes. a little bit of that too. So yeah, he, he dropped a little bit about the, uh, the, the pilot script that was written by Brad Wright. He kind of talked about things that I, that none of us had heard out on other rumor mills. So we might have a little bit of a exclusive uh, exclusive yeah. there. You'll have nice. to check it out. It, it was a great interview. We had a lot of fun doing it. And he was very gracious and it was cool. a fun interview. It, it turned out very well. So everyone should go check that out sqpn.com slash stargate uh, i do want to encourage everyone to stick around we have more of the fabulous feedback from our listeners on the recent episodes i love getting all your theories we're coming to a yes. head we've only got two episodes left so we've got to get those theories yep. in uh so we'll have a little more of that so but uh in the meantime let me read this recap of what happens and hopefully this one goes better than it did in our recording of the secrets of doctor who because i relied on chat gpt to <laughs> <laughs> summarize and we all know how reliable chat gpt is but uh i'll have to ask uh, jack barzini because he uses it to, to do the summaries for uh stargate so i'll have to ask him what his trick is he Probably just I, reads I through it. I think <laughs> yeah. he, he uses it as the first draft and then edits, cuts I, it down. I, I think I've got it. I think it's, this is going to be okay. So here we go. Now in control of the Titan, 
Vadik begins to lock down control of the crew, sending her henchmen to hunt them down in the quarters, lining up the bridge crew on the bridge. Jordy and Alondra are worried about data lore and disconnecting from the ship, uh, get him off the Wi-Fi, while Picard, mm-hmm. Beverly, Jack, and Sydney are in sickbay trying to figure out what to do next. That leaves Jack to confess his special abilities to his parents, and he tries to use his telepathic control to use a bridge officer to input Picard's special admiral code to lock down the ship, but he's caught. Vatic gives Jack an ultimatum and a countdown as she menaces and ultimately executes one of the crew members on the bridge. Meanwhile, on the Shrike, Riker and Deanna are stuck in a cell as they reunite and talk about their grief over their son and begin their reconciliation, at which point Worf arrives with perfect timing to rescue them along with Rafi. They get the data they need from the Shrike's computers and skedaddle to the Titan, which they are hoping Picard is now in control of and isn't. Realizing that their only hope to retake control is Data. Data, you are our only hope. Picard <laughs> has, sorry, other other franchise. Picard has Geordi lower the partition in the android's brain to let Data and Lore fight for control while Jack goes to the bridge to stall Vatic. Data ultimately wins that battle with Lore, saves the crew, and tosses Vatic and her henchmen, her number one, out into space. The Kree reunites. Deanna sits down with Jack to figure out what the darkness inside him is and what's behind the red door. The Mm. end. That one went much better. (laughs) I I have to ask, ChatGPT actually used Skedaddle? No, I did edit this one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I would be impressed if I had picked that particular word. (laughs) No, no, Skedaddle is my word. (laughs) So, uh, First impressions of uh, this episode, uh, Surrender? Oh, very, very good episode. I mean, there has not been a bad episode this season. There has, and this has been another good one. And, of course, it hit all the right uh, chords for, for, you know, back to TNG and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and resolve the situation with Vatic. I think we can say pretty con- con- definitively Vatic is done. Yeah, it, it's it's over. Surprising. <laughs> I mean, that was we, pretty we surprising. Will, yeah, we will, we will talk about that. But this is pretty, yeah. pretty definitive. There might not be a body, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> right. No, it, it was a very, very another well done episode. And, you know, the the interaction between data and lore and how that all worked out and everything was, again, well done. So I, I really enjoyed this one. I really did. Yeah. you When you talk about how like this is there hasn't been a bad episode this season, I agree. And I think it's this says something about what is going on with the production of Star Trek and maybe maybe it should say something about the future of Star Trek, mm-hmm. which is maybe Terry Metalis should be in charge of Star Trek and not uh, Akiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman. Yeah. And there's there's rumors about that. We can talk about that towards mm-hmm. at the end. But, yeah, there is a lot of rumors about that, that there might be some changes in Star Trek production going forward. Paramount is noticing. Yes, yes, and fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's let's talk about the uh this episode then and get right into it. So um Vatic starts off, she's we ended last episode by her, you know, taking control of the ship and then saying, you know, Jack, we're now we're gonna find out who you really are, which of course we don't. <laughs> we don't kinda. We kinda find a little more, but we don't we don't get the the complete revelation. 
but she starts by, you know, we have this kind of extended sequence of her locking the crew out of comms and sensors. And then mm-hmm. we see that the skeleton crew that's still on board starting to get slaughtered by these henchmen yeah. roaming the corridors. It's, it's kind of, uh, it was kind of brutal, to, I think. Yeah. Brutal kind of, kind of, you know, horror film ish, you know, you don't know what's around the next quarter quarter. I mean, it was almost poetic that that's, you know, perversely poetic the way she was first, I'm going to take your eyes and she turns off all the lights and then I'm going to take your ears and turns off the comms. And then yeah. I'm going to take away the road ahead of you. And I mean, it was, it was really, I mean, well acted. Yes. Well, well acted, acted, but well written, you know, I yeah. heard, I've heard some complaints um, from some fans that, Star Trek isn't family friendly anymore. At least Picard isn't. There's a lot more swearing. There's mm-hmm. more brutal violence. Um, what do you think? I mean, is is that it, we, we're in an era of, you know, everything's on streaming. So anything goes. That's kind of right. the way a lot of it is these days. Um, do you think Star Trek in general has gotten gone over the line from being a everyone? Can, the whole family can sit down and watch it to something else. It, this definitely isn't TNG. This definitely, yeah. you know, it, it very much. I would say this is more along the lines of the movies that the TNG movies, mm. you know, because you remember there was more violence in those. There was, right. you know, that was the whole thing of, you know, as the Enter- Enterprise saucer is crashing into the planet, Data goes, oh, oh, bleep. Blank. Yeah, <laughs> That's you, <right>. know, <laughs> yes, did. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and this, this part of this is the difference of this is a more mature show on a streaming platform. So they're not, you know, bound up by the FCC regulations and stuff like that. And they can get away with it more. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't think this is totally inappropriate. Although there were a couple of scenes in here with the gore, mm-hmm. you know, literally a crew member pinned to a bulkhead, you yeah. know, stuff like that. That was a little excessive that didn't need to be there. Right. Right. And we've seen that in Discovery as well, uh, especially mm-hmm. with the Klingons there. And although I don't remember Strange New Worlds no. having that, although there was other stuff having to do with uh, Spock and his fiance that was yeah. a little more than what we would have seen in uh, original track or of TNG or DS9 or anything like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah. I wish it were more family friendly. I would love to watch it with my whole family, with all my kids. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Well, but then that's why we have prodigy yeah that's true that's true <laughs> that's what prodigy's for it really that's is right. you know and lord i was gonna say prodigy and lord dex like no, not, not lower lord dex <laughs> not lord dex it's in there's some it's really inappropriate <laughs> yeah yeah there's they, some really inappropriate stuff in there they really cross the line in lower decks but uh yeah <laughs> magados um, <laughs> no kidding <laughs> and bird people anyway mm-hmm. uh so then we get to the, this revelation about jack and i'm glad that we didn't drag mm-hmm. out the uh, sorry, the the Jack dragging out this whole thing about not telling his parents about the, what mm-hmm. his experience. I'm glad we've. I mean, it is episode eight of the season. We've only got two left, so it, it, yeah. it had to come out at some point. So I'm glad we we're, it's out in the open. We're talking about it, and this idea that he can float into other people's heads and control them. I've heard a lot of theories like that. What the Vatic's boss wants is the Borg implants, the Borg nanites, perhaps that are in Picard and mm-hmm. maybe have been passed on to Jack. I don't think that's it because no. this isn't a Borg ability as far as I remember. No, no, we don't. We, the only time we see, you know, 
someone controlling other people would be like the queen controlling her drones. Right. Or drones, you know, not, not that she could then, you know, reach out to someone else. Like she couldn't even control data. Yeah. In first contact. So uh, that, that's not, that's definitely not it. Um, now that we do, they're giving us a little more hints on this. You know, we see Raffi and Rafaela. I love that Warfuck keeps calling her Rafaela instead of Raffi. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. But we were there. They find the body of, of Picard and that there are parts of his brain missing that were infected by the syndrome. Yeah. That they thought was the syndrome that he had and that there might be something more to that. And so maybe that's what he passed on. There was something that's implanted in him. Right. That got passed on to Jack. That's causing this. Right. I w- Hmm. I wonder if it'll have anything to do with the the flute thing where he lived a lifetime in a memory, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he Picard has had a few occasions where things have invaded his brain. That was one yeah. of them. So I, I I wonder. now. That's a deep that's a deep cut. I mean, that would be a very deep cut, although an important moment. I mean, th- that flute yes. even came oh, yeah. up in one of the movies. I think Nemesis, I think, or something. Well, you, yeah. Well, the flute was in yeah. the first episode of this season where it was one of the objects he was looking at as they were cleaning yes yes Chekhov's flute uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I I think that would be I mean it, it was an important episode in Picard's development yeah absolutely but I don't but I think it would still be kind of a deep cut to say well this actually had something to do with that yeah plus there's nothing um, that was again had to do with that incident that that implied mind control and telepathy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was, it was more, he lived through yeah. the playback of this life. Right. And right. then, you know, and then it just, it affected him personally. It was more of a developmental develop, uh, affectation than, uh, you know, something changed in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. It would be deeply ironic if the Eremotic syndrome was not in fact a fatal disease that Picard shed his old body and, you know, from our point of view, right. Killed himself <laughs> for, <laughs> for nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah. That would be deeply sad and ironic, but uh, yeah. Interesting. So uh, Vatic has control of the ship without having the control codes. I, I get it. I, I don't understand how the command codes for the ship work necessarily. You know, there's this, <laughs> there's this Admiralty command code, which apparently can take over any ship, you know, as long as you have that. Um, but then there's like the captain's command codes which this captain apparently or or seven apparently didn't get a chance to, you know, erase or whatever, lock out. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's for this for the sake of the plot, we have to have her in control of the ship. And I, that's, yeah. I'm not I'm not super opposed to that. Yeah, I, 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 I think this is definitely where they're just kind of saying we forgot that, the you know, seven could have said, <laughs> you know, lock all codes, you know, yeah. and that would have done it. Yes, exactly. But she gets called because she also doesn't blow up the tra- the. uh Turbo lift like she was supposed to. Right. And it allowed him to get on the bridge instead. Right. And which would have killed Shaw because he was in it. Um, so we we have this extent a series of scenes with Riker and Troy on the strike and it's in the cell. And I gotta say, I really like these scenes. Oh yeah. Riker and Troy bantering, um, teasing themselves like a couple who've been together for decades. You know, there's the teasing back and forth. Yeah. Um and then they they also get serious where he, he mm-hmm. you know where they discuss the the grief and the elements that push them apart they're they're yeah. in their relationship and he you know basically he says Dana you used your powers to push away my grief just when I needed to feel it like she suppressed his grief yeah with her empath powers and then she responds 
I feel everyone's grief, not just my own. And so, you know, mm. I, 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 it was her reaction to try to push those grief, those feelings down so she wouldn't have to feel them so much. And then admits that she forgot as a counselor that you can't skip to the end of healing. And I really right. like that, 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 that little interplay there. Yeah, that was, and that was something that, you know, I, I'm, let's, I'm glad that with Troy's character, they've developed her. Not just not just in Picard, but even going back to TNG, mm-hmm. because you, you remember the first episode was painful to watch. I feel joy. <laughs> I sense <and> love. sadness. <laughs> it's like, oh, and she's like crying. This, you know, it's just, it was terrible. <laughs> but they've developed now these empathic abilities that Betazeds have. So they're much more believable mm-hmm. that if there's a race that has this ability, this is how they're going to react. And this idea of if you have this couple that loses a son, tragically, they're going to have that mutual grief, but she's going to feel it doubly because she's going to feel his as well as her own. Right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, and, and the idea that, you know, as parents who are grieving the loss of a child and this, the stages of like, there's the classic stages of grief, you know, uh, anger, denial. I didn't even look them up ahead of time. Anger. Yeah. It, it, Acceptance is the last one. Acceptance yeah. is the last one. Right. Bargaining is one of them. You know, the, and, and so that idea that you have to, you know, get to the end, you have to, you know, go mm-hmm. through all those stages. You have to live through grief as someone who is recently suffered some personal yes. losses. My parents, um, you mm-hmm. know, I recognize like for me, I mean, my parents were elderly and I was prepared so, somewhat for it. Yeah. You never fully prepared of course but um right. but yeah just as i did you have to feel those feelings of grief you have to go through it and i can't imagine if someone had suppressed it and that would explain why Riker kind of felt so empty we as he talked right. about the, the, earlier in the season empty without having experienced the those stages of grief he has yeah. not accepted yeah and I, I lost you know my mom a little over a year ago at younger age she was in her mid 60s when mm-hmm. she died so you know much younger age not you know kind of, again kind of expected cuz she had an an ongoing uh condition that that led to it but and grief doesn't end on a schedule it's not something you can say you've got a month and you're done you right. know you you i still when i think of her you know still kind of tear up a little bit and mm-hmm. you know and grieve and that's just that's a part of part of life and grief and the, the what kind of pushed Riker away from her and what caused him to become so numb or not used numb as as far as cause for some people. And that was kind of like, for me, your first reaction is, is numbness. You're just kind of like your brain just goes into, I need to do what needs to be done. And yeah. then we worry about this later. And, um, but then when he was going to open himself up to the grief, she blocked him from it. So he really never got to grieve. Right. In the way he needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, you talk about grief, uh, not having a time to, I remember when um, years ago, when we were first married, Melanie had a miscarriage and mm. just like months later, we were watching TV or something and I just suddenly burst into tears. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why I'm crying right now. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, and then I realized it was because something on the TV reminded me of a baby and, and right. that was, that brought it home. And it's like, wow, you know, that's, you know, you're right. I mean, it's just, it's, there's that numbness. I think, especially guys, we, I think, I think we have a yeah. tendency to, to kind of, um, you know, without being too, uh, stereotypical, but to, to, to denial, mm. numbness, what, however you want to phrase it. 
And then you know everyone goes to a bit of denial. But then you have to, not even that's like you have to grieve. You you're gonna grieve. It's yeah. that's a natural part of it. And she suppressed it unnaturally. So um, yeah, I like that they they wrestled with this. It wasn't a quick, you know, hey, we're together now. Let's let's we're everything is resolved. Let's move on. You could tell there was this 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 movement in their relationship that was, I think, you know. Yeah, no, and it, yeah, a healthy one. And, you know, and it's one thing I'm glad about. I, I know I had mentioned early that when when they brought up this idea that that Riker and Troy were were separated or at least were distanced, it would probably be a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that. Don't don't make this into like a divorce situation. And right. they did it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful they did that. These are great characters. They. They're great together, and I think they resolved that in a way that's fantastic. I think Troy was great in this episode, for like for whether it was with Riker or with Jack. I mean, just I think she was yep. the writing of her in this episode was really well done. I was really and the and the acting. I mean, Marina Sirtis has yes. always been great. Um, so uh, oh yeah. So um, I did like the line where he he says yeah, that was basically like the first line. I missed you, Imzadi. And she's like, oh, I should have taught you another word. word. <laughs> and it says, Yintaru. And he says, Yintaru, what does that mean? Baby of immense size. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's, she's basically calling him a big baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did like that. That was good. Um, so yeah, and you mentioned, by the way, the the Shaw and Seven back on the Titan. And him, mm-hmm. he was mad at her for not sacrificing him to save the ship. Right. And there's this dispute, you know, and she says, I mean, he basically thinks you should have sacrificed me because now we're doomed. And she, and from Seven's point of view, we're, you know, I didn't sacrifice you because there's always another way. You know, mm-hmm. I like she just believed that we will we will succeed. We will survive. We will win. And I thought so it was interesting that interplay and how. Shaw really comes across as a guy who's not looking to be a hero. He doesn't expect the grand victory. He, you know, he he's just a regular guy. And Seven is in this other tier of Starfleet where, you know, yeah. Voyager, DS9, TNG, the original Enterprise, they're all they always win in these grand battles. And so I kind of it's yeah. kind of it's funny that that this disconnection between them. Well, the, the the Titan is kind of the second second class of ships with the California class, but even below them, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so uh, then we had that scene. We talked about the, uh, the execution of the British officer, the Lieutenant Tavine, the Vulcan officer, mm-hmm. the evil and brutality of it. The, cause yes. you had this, this one officer, the tactical officer, I don't remember his name that Jack took control of that right. Vatic caught. And then this other I think maybe Romulan. I couldn't tell what she was. She's another well, she alien. Romulan, the one that was the other bald headed. Yeah. Couldn't yeah, tell what, she, what was. she was either. Uh, but in any case, um, I think Ensign Esmar, I think she is. And then um, she is. Um, oh, yeah. Halligan. That's what according to memory alpha. In any case, she was like kind of crying. And so Vada kind of singles her out and makes her kneel down and is like, she's going to shoot her in the head while She's trying to get Jack to, you know, give himself up. And then just at the last second turns and kills Tavine, you know, that mm-hmm. it's just that brutality, you know, just to show how brutal yeah. she is. Yeah. The, the, the one uh, lieutenant that she takes over was Lieutenant Matthew Murrah, who right. is half Bajoran, half human. 
Okay. Yes. Who is a father? Like she asked, is there anyone who loves yep. you? I mean, just that, just to bring that out, this idea, he's not just a disposable red shirt, you know, right. he's a person with people who love him. Again, I think it's a really interesting writing choice is to, you know, these are not just background characters. I, although, you know, some of the people in the, in the corridors <laughs> end up, you know, being yeah. killed sort of like that. But this idea that these aren't just background characters to be supposed of, they're real people in, in within the bounds of the right. show who have people who love him and they have people to, who are looking forward to them returning home and that sort of thing. And I thought that was yeah. kind of fascinating. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, kind of a shift because, you know, one complaint that I know you and I have talked about for discovery is that the bridge crew is, is, they're there. You see them all the time, but who are they? Yeah. You know, it, try, try to think of the bridge crew of Discovery. You know, I can think of Detmer and Kimoan or however you pronounce uh, her name. And <laughs> Owo. Yeah, Detmer and you Owo. Know. And I, I can picture the other ones. I have no idea who they are. Yeah. yeah. There's the one that's the, that's the half android and, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, they were forgettable characters, but they were central characters. But there were so many of them. Yeah. But then you take this crew where the bridge crew isn't a central character. They're important characters, but they're not central characters, but we are learning more about them and we're learning their names, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Kind of a different, different approach that the the bridge crew is just there in this series. Yeah. But they're still developing them. Right. They still have, you know, they're still persons within the bounds of the show. Yeah. It's really interesting to see. So uh, I mentioned Worf comes to the rescue and that was a very funny scene. You know, he oh, yeah. he shows up and he stabs the, 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 the henchman in the back and then, you know, the henchman falls and there's Worf standing there and, you know, Troy and uh, Riker come rushing out and give him a hug. And he's like, one's <laughs> personal space is a right. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like hugs. No, no. And then he, then he starts emoting at Deanna, you know, and, and uh, Riker's response is, is this a rescue or a continuation of the torture? Yeah. I thought that was well, a great I, line. Well, I love it where she where she's like, "Oh, Worf, that's so." She says, "She's that's so beautiful," and he says, "Inappropriate." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because we remember Worf and Deanna had a relationship for a while on the Enterprise, yep. so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that, that was great. I'm really enjoying this wharf. The 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 wharf yeah, oh of this yeah. season is I, he's I so know. stoic and you know yeah. in touch with his feelings, but he doesn't let him run him. And yeah. he's changed. He's changed from TNG and DS9. Yes, but it's a good change. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they. So they. You know, bundle off to the shuttlecraft. Uh, it's probably the no, it's a shuttlecraft. It's not the yep. La Serena, but it's a shuttlecraft with a a cloaking device. Again. I think they took the the cloaking device. I, I, they don't say anything. Although I thought there was like one hail on the uh, on the comm system of the ship where they talk about the cloaking device being re re added. But I don't. Okay. I think they took the cloaking device device from the Titan, put it on the shuttle, did their thing, came back, and then okay. put it back on the Titan. If I, I remember correctly. So right, that's my assumption. Yeah. I, that, that, that's headcanon. I, I don't think it actually says anything, but okay. it would make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. Cause that would have been part of the plan is send them off to go rescue Troy and Riker, at least Riker. They did, I don't know if they knew Troy was there. Yeah. Do, um, do have to mention again, kind of briefly before we leave the, the, the strike that they do find the body of, of Picard and mentioned yes. earlier and, and they do, they download the, the memory banks of the strike. Right. Which will be important as they try to figure out what's going on. So now since exactly. by the end of the episode, they destroy the strike. So that's all that yep. is gone. Um, 
So at this point, Picard finally realizes they need data because we're told like the only way to reprogram the controls out of Vadic's hand is you need a positronic brain. Oh, we have yeah. one of those aboard. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Of course, they have to throw in the, the, the techno babble. Yeah. Asynchronous AI metrics. OK, asynchronous means it can send and receive at the same time. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it's a multi it's a multiprocessor. Right. Right. They need a multi AI multiprocessor that can do 90 trillion computations, which actually doesn't seem like a lot to me. <laughs> it doesn't. Knowing what computers today can do millions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you would expect it to be a lot more by then. Yeah. A few hundred years in the future. Um, so they, uh, when they finally see Jordy, so Jordy and Picard and the others, um, the the passphrase to make sure that they're uh they're not changelings is another yeah. crack about Chateau Picard wine. Which is, yep. I'm sorry to make a, a checklist of every, everybody who <laughs> who makes a crack about Chateau Picard wine. We're really kind of I think probably because we built it up in previous seasons. Yeah. And now it's like let's deflate Picard a little bit here with his wine. I, I kind of get the the feeling that. Terry Metalis wants to retcon the first two seasons mm. because there's this, there's the constant cracks about his wine. Yeah. And then there was, there's the Riker Troy. We didn't mention it, but while they were reconciling, yeah, neither of them want to live in the primitive planet. <laughs> right. Right. That neither it, of them want to stay there in that house with the judgy foyer. <laughs> yeah. And it, the, the house that was designed by retro prairie hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he understood Terry Metalis. This is just my opinion. Yeah. He understood that fans were not as pleased with the first two seasons as they should have been. Yeah. And so he decided he's going to correct a lot of that. And I think and he's done it. Yep. But I, that part of that's going to be go back and kind of shuffle some of this stuff off. It's just like we haven't seen uh, uh, Lara at all. Like apart mm -hmm. from that first episode, like she's from just the first episode, she yeah. shuffled off and goodbye, Lara, you know, which, which that kind of disappointed. I liked her. I, I like liked Lara. her as a character. Yeah. I like yeah. the actress. I but, like the character. They're both interesting. But yeah. uh, that being said, if, if, uh, if Riker and Troy want to move out of that house, I'll go, I'll take it over. Oh my gosh. That was a beautiful, house. A beautiful spot, beautiful <laughs> log cabin. I'll take it. Uh, it's gotta be somewhere <laughs> in uh, Southern California. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's up yeah, in Canada. It's, it's, I don't know where they're filming. Uh, they're, they're, some of it's L.A. area, I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure Memory Alpha can, will t can tell me where it is. I can. Toronto. Uh, Actually, I, th I think a lot of the set parts are in Toronto. OK, that's where they moved to now. Vancouver got too expensive. Yeah, that's right. 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 Um, so then we have the battle of data versus lore, this internal battle. We get to see mm -hmm. this Tron representation in their in their head. Yep. Um, and this is where we get the title Surrender. And the uh, the very interesting idea is like data, like data appears to be losing to lore, right? Mm -hmm. And data ke is keeps pulling out his memories, and lore is just so disdainful of data's sappy yeah. memories, and you know uh, he he keeps giving them to lore because he recognizes he says I've had everything and you've had nothing, and so I'm giving these to you. Well, and that's that's what he says, but it. It, it, I think it's a little more interesting than that. He starts out the first, you know, he first pulls out the Sherlock Holmes hat. Yep. And it vanishes. He's confused. Data's like, what's going on? You know, and it's like, I can't concentrate. Right. And of course, this is when Laura says, well, I'm conquering you. 
elementary Mr. You know, I'm conquering you, Mr. Watson or Harry put it, you yeah. know, where he does the homes with the pipe. But data figures out very quickly that because he's data that um, that his memories are basically the sum of his parts. Right. It's, you know, they represent who data him. is. Yeah. Yeah. His memories are who he is, which yeah. I mean, that that's kind of a theme we've heard before in Star Trek, uh, not just in Picard, but in, in other Star Treks as well, you know, but he's able to use his memories that he recognizes that lore wants as trophies that he won because Lords, the, 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 sum of my parts are the conquests I've had, the victories I've had, the yeah. fact that I've won and data recognizes, no, it's the memories. Right. And so he's keep giving him the memories and then finally gives them spot. Right. So cat. he gives them the playing cards, which reminds him of all the, the, the card games, which was significant yep. because the last, uh, episode of of TNG, the last scene was them playing cards. Uh, so with, that was, with with Picard. Picard finally joining, yep. right? So that's but yes, yeah, Spot and Spot's significance is a simple creature who taught Data how to love. Yep, you know. So what does it mean to love? And so that really love is the key to understanding who we are. And I kind of like that the show kind of delves into that. Now data is a machine. So can, can the machine love, yeah. but regardless, it's making a point. The writers are making a point of the key that love is to understanding who we are in our inmost mm -hmm. being. And I really, they've stumbled onto yeah. something insignificant in that. And it was, it was interesting because of course they, they play this out where you see the dots on the map, which looks like his positronic brain, you yep. know, the lights blink down his positronic brain. And they turn red, of course, you know, red, bad, red lore. Yes. Yes. But it actually it's it, this was how data takes over, how the two partitions merge. Right. Because that was the whole goal. That was the whole goal that this Android was going to be the better data where data was going to take over and take control, but have the experiences and the emotion of lore and before and lol and soon uh, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so and this is how it happened is it looked like lore one, but data come back and no, actually, I just made you into me data. In fact, the data we have now is not the data of the past, but is a sort of a new creation. He's almost yes. a new man, a, the, a resurrected man in a yeah. sense, you know, I mean, yeah. if we, we in the in Christianity, we talk about, you know, when we are, when we die, we will be reborn again and we will have a resurrected glorified body and we'll be new and all of the bad will be gone. And it's kind of that idea is that data is reborn here as something. Exactly. Um, and they, he's, he's perfected. Yes. In this. And there's in fact, there's several, they'd say in several different ways, like data, you've died <laughs> several times. Yeah. And uh, now you're back again. And, and, you know, in, definitively in a sense um again another uh, maybe perhaps another way of terry metallis undoing the previous seasons of picard by the way uh yeah undoing data's undoing. death well then again they kind of explicitly state that as like that version of me was world weary and ready to die i am not you know right <laughs> or right. i'm not we gotta be clear about this they finally yeah i, I can yeah. hear jimmy right now they're <laughs> called out the, they finally called out the, the, the contraction the <laughs> <laughs> well when you got the emotion ship you could do contractions which is kind of dumb because like <laughs> what does emotions have to do with such a simple grammatical thing <laughs> yeah exactly um, that, that that had to be that had to be again you know the writers saying okay that was stupid from day one <laughs> <laughs> now 
um, while all that's going on, Jack is trying to stall Vatic. He goes to the bridge and he's got this. Well, what looks like a grenade. It looks like a, mm-hmm. you know, he, he acts like it's a grenade and he's trying to gambling on Vatic wanting him alive by bringing a grenade with him to the bridge um, because yep. uh, it would kill him. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then it turns out, no, it's part of the trick. It's going to be a, uh, the first they get everybody else off the bridge, except for him and seven mm-hmm. insists on staying behind because seven and because seven. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it turns out it's a shield, a force shield, so that um, once Data has control, this is great, by the way. Oh, Greetings, yes. USS Titan. This is your friendly positronic pissed off security system back <laughs> online. <laughs> Unwanted guests and monologuing protoplasms. I am initiating an immediate shift change. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Data's new sense that of was, humor. <laughs> yep, that was so good. <laughs> so, and then what he ends up doing is opening the emergency uh, evacuation doors on the bridge, which are behind yep. the, the view screen, apparently, and yep. explosive decompression of Vatic and the henchmen into space, where, as you alluded to, she freezes solid because she's a changeling and then smashes into tiny little Terminator-style bits against the Shrike's hull, and then uh, we we blast the Shrike with all our yep. weapons and, and it, it's into bits. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of having the the escape hatch behind the the view screen, right? Because we we know that we know going back to TNG that Starfleet vessels have an emergency escape hatch on the bridge. You know, you right. see the was it naked? I always forget which is which. Naked, naked now, time. Naked, naked time is the TNG is the TOS. Naked it, now is the new one, I think. Naked yeah. now is the TNG one. Yeah, but that was part of the reason why the ship in that episode was abandoned because the crew literally suck themselves out into space through the escape hatch. Right. So we know they have them. And that, what better place than this big giant screen that's sitting there. And it kind of calls out the fact that all the new ships, you know, the new Trek ships all have basically windows for their skew screens. Right. now. So just open the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So out true to window. Yeah, out the window. You two pixies go. <laughs> what is it? No, they, it's one of life. Out you two pixies go through the door or out the window. <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nick, don't you know me? I uh, love that, that, that quote. Um, so apparently Vatic's goons were solids, or at least some of them were, because as they were being killed by the by the crew you know as they were retaking the ship some of them were like being stabbed or what have you and falling to the deck and not turning into goo well we we see it we we know that they can be killed and that's that's because that's how uh crusher and the 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 nurse or the doctor the the titan's doctor i don't think we ever hear her name yeah i don't remember yeah but anyways how they figure out that these are different changelings is because they remain solid until too much damage is done and then they eventually revert right so these are all changelings these are all the changelings these are these are the changelings that were in the lab with vatic right that's right that's uh and yeah and they that one changeling that that uh looked like sydney died and stayed solid until they started because because that was the great scene of Sydney seeing it and, and just throwing up, not even responding. Yeah. Um, Can you confirm Morf this is would... not you? Still love yeah. that line. <laughs> <laughs> she confirms it's not her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but Worf, you know, when Worf stabs the one to rescue Riker and Troy, he then shoots it. 
he right vaporizes it right and we see other times that that they're they're vaporized so no now we don't always see them on on screen do it but yeah, yeah. these are all they're all changelings changeling yeah. okay uh so once once they have the ship back under control and we have this great reunion scene in the in the conference room in the ready in the uh not ready room but the conference room off the bridge it kind of uh evokes our memories of all those well, tng episodes where they were did, there. Did you notice they all sat the same spots? Yes. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> kind of flipped though. I think they it was like right, Picard well, was Well, no, well, cuz cuz the the conference room is flipped. Yes. The right. windows so so Riker always sat at Riker and Troy always sat at Picard's right-hand side. Yes. And Data Jordy and Dr. Crusher always sat on his left-hand side. Well, right. now on his left-hand side is the windows. So, on the Enterprise D, the right-hand side was the Yes. Window. That's right. That's right. So the but they all sat basically at the same spots. Yeah, they fell into the old habit. Yeah, it was really cool to see them all there, everyone in in their seats, and you know, it's, for the first time this season, they were all in the same room, and that was really cool. Yep. And of course, you had to have the reminiscing, and yes, yes, and the and the gentle ribbing and all that sort of thing. Um, Deanna then says, "There's an all-consuming darkness on this ship," and she identifies it with being connected to Jack and th- mm-hmm. that's why she wants to um you know see you know get together with him and um try to w- walk him through what's going on and so they have this yes. counseling session and you know she says there's a there's an ancient and weak voice inside Jack which is interesting so yeah um and then now there've been theories yeah. of the paw wraith and that could play into that. That doesn't mean it is, but it could play into that. Yeah. Where would Picard have picked up a Wraith though? That's the was thing. There, was there something about where he was on Bajor at one point? And not, not talking about uh, the, you know, the DS9 episode, the, the first DS9 episode. Wasn't there something later where he later? Where, I mean, where they referenced it in this? No, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Herosian. Because I, I knew right. there was something that had come from another series that they had referenced. It was Herogen, where he had run into a Herogen right, hunter. in the Alpha Quadrant. Right, right. In the Alpha Quadrant. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. It could be, this could end up being something that revealed that uh, Jack and, and uh, Beverly ended up on Bajor at one point. Right. But then what would the Eremotic Syndrome have to do with it? The yeah, I mean, it's there's still not enough to. I mean, we're yeah, we're going to talk about some things. Of the speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we're we're, we're gonna be talking a lot about the speculation that that's been going on with this series and how great it's been. So yeah, you know, the next episode's title is Vox, which is Latin for voice. Voice, and that must be connected to this ancient and weak voice inside of Jack. Kind yep. of curious to that. So they kind of could do a um, mental exercise. We see them sort of in Jack's mind. He's in the corridor with that red door and she's trying to get him to go through the door and he doesn't want to go through the door, which is a classic like avoidance, uh, yep. you know, mental, you know, mental anxiety issue where a therapist will help you try to, to get over. And so the the episode ends with we see red light coming through the door, the keyhole, mm-hmm. and then they start to open the door. And of course, that's when the episode ends, because that's what they want to do. Um, so. What do you think? Any any other thoughts on that or any other notes on this episode? 
it just again, this, this was such a well done episode. So many different layers of things going on, and you know the the closing up some of the plot lines. You know, again, we 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 the the Shrike and Vatican crew are gone. They're done. You know, I right. mean, you know, and that, I love that look on on Seven's face. Give them everything. It just yells <laughs> fire. You know, that was good. That was good. Blow it up. Get rid of this thing. Mm. You know, that's why I say there. She's gone. I mean, I, yeah, the changeling can survive a lot, including being out in space. We know that. Yeah. But, but they can't survive getting literally incinerated. Yeah. Blasted into bits. <laughs> Speaking of seven, by the way, she does call him, um, Sean and he calls her Hanson and she says, my name is seven of nine. So, and then he, but he still calls her Hanson. Yeah. He yeah. still calls her Hanson later. Oh, right. At that point he calls her seven, but later on he calls her Hanson. But I think we're going to start to see a little bit of reconciliation between them, yeah. a little bit of thawing of the cold war. In fact, yeah, we'll see. But no, this, this was a, this was a very, very good episode. Oh, and then of course we had, we did have, after they'd taken back over the ship, we had the classic TMP flyby with the theme playing. Yes, yes. Oh, that was good. That was getting the, 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 movie, the movie theme music, which is, yeah, that yep. was good. Oh, excellent. So uh, we did have some feedback. So if we want to get to that now, uh, yes. first feedback comes from Eric via email, said, I love the podcast this week. Two things. One, when Jimmy said the new data golem, data golem, you know, the the yep. body of data didn't need the emotion ship because he got it in ST generations. That was the old data. Yes. Uh, the one that died in Nemesis, not this new data. This new data body presumably didn't have the chip. And two, your current podcast inspired me to send a picture. Oh, I forgot to uh, to prepare that for the the uh, video feed. Um, I upgraded the signage above my home bar in honor of Star Trek Picard. He put up a sign that says uh, 10 forward LA uh, above his home mm-hmm. bar. So that was really nice. Uh, he said, keep up the good, the great work. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, I wish I'd remembered to prepare that image. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. The, that presumably was the old data body that had the emotion chip and not the new data. body. Yeah. So. Well, and, and you know, you could, you could head cannon. This really is kind of head cannon of um that the emotion chip was built into the new body yep but data didn't know how to control it yet he didn't have the right drivers only lore had the right drivers <laughs> for the for the new chip would you like to run an update <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we will shut down in five minutes the, the, the windows yeah, exactly. update whether you're doing anything or not um and then our next feedback comes from grant via email and um i'm going to summarize grant's email because it is uh, presumably been obviated by the events of the most recent episode surrender. And he says, uh, Jimmy Dom and father Corey, always fun hearing your thoughts on the latest star Trek episodes. I think that the big bad of Picard's third season will be Shinzon in the Remans. And he talks about how there's been several references like Vatic's knife and Dan's reference to the Shinzon ship, the scimitar, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, modification genetic modifications and so on and so forth i think and and that um his he presumed that shinzon was using the changelings to finish what he started in nemesis 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 um Mm -hmm. to use frontier day to use thaleron radiation to wipe out earth and uh but uh grant sent an email after watching surrender and says well 
I think that's all been thrown out the window. By this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and he did end with, of, of course, this is my third theory. Uh, none have survived contact with the next episode, but it's keeping me on my toes, which. Yeah. yeah, I will. I will say they have done a great job of putting so much information out there mm-hmm. that can lead to one possibility. And then they kind of switch it where you have to rethink what those clues were saying. Yeah. Um, and whether it is in the closing credits, we've talked about that multiple times, uh, whether it is events and things, you know, things like the Shrike looking like, you know, Shinzon's ship. Although right. I thought Shinzon was dead at the end of Nemesis. Yeah. Well, I think he was. So it would have been so maybe other Remans or Remans. another clone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But e- either way, I mean, it, it's, but just all these little hints and they kind of build on each other and they, they lead you one way. It's like, Oh, actually we're doing this instead, you know? Yeah. And they, they've done a masterful job of that. And yeah. We, we've all thrown out theories too. And <laughs> you know, and it, they've, they, none of them have, have withstood scrutiny, but in a good way. I mean, it's like, yep. that's a good theory, but here's something better that could be coming out. It's, it's been not predictable this season. You know, I mean, that's the great thing. It's, that's not predictable. Yeah. So our uh, and that brings me to our next email from Aaron M, who has another theory that we've been talking about, which is the Changeling Beverly. He says, "I was skeptical of the Changeling Beverly theory until Dominion. I'm now convinced she is because she comes to the decision to kill Vadik too easily and quickly in my mind. Um, her being a Changeling explains the radical shifts in this episode. As I recall, it was Beverly who brings up the idea of hurting or killing Vadik, and Picard gets caught up in her desperation. I think." Changeling Beverly is one of the original changelings who stayed with the Great Link and is undercover to stop the rebellious threat. And um, Aaron goes on a little bit about some of that and also talks a little bit about the Borg idea of uh, that. There's something about the the Borg uh, implants in Picard. But I think I think with the death of Vadek and the other crew members of the Shrike, I wonder if we've now left behind the changeling. Rebel I, I thing. think we have. Yeah. I, I, I've, I, I mean, I don't know if I really ever said anything, but I don't know if I ever really bought into the idea of, of changeling Beverly. Cause I mean that, that same thing that explains her change as being a changeling, you know, her change of mind uh, to, towards killing someone can also be explained by this is a mother protecting her son. Right. And knowing that the only way she can really protect her son from Vatic and whoever's controlling Vatic is to get Vatic out of the picture permanently. Yeah. Yeah, that could that could explain it. And I think yet someone pointed out on our uh, our Discord community uh, that it's a it would be very late in the game to bring up Changeling Beverly. We've got two episodes left yep. now. This next episode would have to be it. If it wasn't it, you just can't bring her up in the yeah. last hour. But um, yeah. I think even then it might be a little too late. Well, we're going to I think we're going to find we are going to find out the truth about Jack next episode. I mean, that's very clear. Yeah, that's the whole purpose. It's going to be the whole purpose of the next episode. Right. Find out the truth about Jack and find out who is responsible for everything that's going on. Right. Um, I do think it is. I mean, the changelings are the very likely for the ones controlling uh, Starfleet and everything. I right. Mean, that, that's clearly they're the ones that are the, the, the breakaway changelings are the ones who are doing all that. I don't think there's going to be anybody behind them. But yeah. And. Um, well, there's someone who's controlling the breakaway changelings, though, I think. Um, but it's possible that's, well, I mean, that's I, possible that's one of the changelings, and it could be one of the changelings from from DS9. You mean the 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 face that Vada kept seeing? The 
was yeah. I think that's possible. That could be a changeling still. Yeah. Now you. But then what is interesting though that there there's there's someone who's not a changeling. Yeah. Who's doing it? And because I mean, there's there's one possibility is that just Jack happened to be in the way, so to speak, of the changelings plot somehow, somehow because of his abilities or whatever can help them overcome mm. the changelings plot. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is all the speculation yeah, we can have here. We'll find no, out. But yeah. <laughs> yes. But it, it's, yeah. it's it, but it's it, that's what's been so great about this season. Yeah. Is there's been lots of great hints and lots of great things of oh it's this well maybe it's this and and of course you know. Terry Metalis has made it clear he's pulling from the history of Star Trek. He's pulling from canon. Right. All this great stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. It'll be curious to see. I think what we have to look at the last episode, the 10th episode, a big portion of that is going to be the wrap up. This is the end of Star Trek Picard, presumably the end of Picard on screen and whatever, no matter what, if they come up with a continuation show with some of the characters, I think Picard is done. And so we have to wrap that up. So the significant portion of that episode will be concerned with that. So I think this next episode, this penultimate episode is going to substantially reveal almost everything. Yeah. So this is the big reveal episode. Next episode where a lot of these plot lines will be sealed up. You know, we will get. Yeah. Conclusions. What is controlling Jack? You know, or what does Jack have that's controlling that he's able to control? Right. Um, who is running it? Is it just a, a group of the changelings and there's one of them that's kind of taken over as a leader or is there other leaders? Um, how much of Starfleet has been right. and what, compromised by the changelings? And what are they planning to do on Frontier Day? You know, because yeah. it, 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 it still seems like what they're going to do is they're in positions where they'll be able to take the fleet and attack Earth because they're all going to Earth. We mm-hmm. know that. That's a very prodigy thing, too, though, isn't it? Like turning the fleet, yeah. Starfleet against itself. I wonder if yeah. they would do that. But I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and maybe not so much against itself, but against the head of Starfleet, you know, the head of Federation, you know, sure. take out the head of the Federation, um, which we do. We don't see that in prodigy per se, but we do see the fleet turning against itself. Yeah. I'm curious whether we'll see any more cameos. That's that's the other big thing I'm kind of curious. Like, will we yeah. see we, uh, Will Wheaton? Will we see um, uh, Janeway? You know, I mean, the the you know, you know, that yeah, I, I, she's mentioned so often. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, they keep bringing her up, and 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 I mean that makes sense. Of course, you've got seven of nine there. You know, yep. Janeway's gonna be, and Janeway has shown up in, in Prodigy. You know, yeah, in Nemesis, and in, in Nemesis, you know, she right. was. You know, she was a general or not general, excuse me, admiral. Yeah. You know, as in those movies. So, yeah, it's there's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's and it, there's there's rumors swirling about the future for this. And, you know, we can get into that. Yeah. Do we have more feedback or no, that's the feedback. So we should talk about some of the the rumors and other information that's out there. And again, this is all rumors. But yeah, this is this is all rumors. And it, it, it is coming from YouTube sources and other sources. Yeah. Including Terry Metalis himself yeah. to some extent. I mean, he's he's kind of kind of stirring up i think he wants to do more <laughs> yes because i think he enjoyed this which makes sense but he's been on a lot of uh popcast and a couple other mm-hmm. youtubers he's welcome there to join rumors- us at any point by the way oh yes absolutely <laughs> we would have him in a heartbeat it wouldn't even have to be a hundredth you know 300th no, episode or something like show that. up any day. <laughs> uh, yeah but um the uh there have been rumors that paramount is noticing the reaction and and i, I was thinking about this actually as we've been recording 
we, we talked about before, um, maybe not so much on podcasts, but definitely in other conversations between Dom, Jimmy, and I, that we don't get a lot of response when we do the live episodes. When we do like, you know, like Discovery, a lot of people don't respond as well to that. When, we, when but, you say when we do the live episodes, like when we do what, when the shows are airing. That's what I mean yeah. by the live episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the episodes that as opposed the episode to the, of the week, the older series that when yes. we go over yeah. those. Yeah. Sorry, that that's kind of a shortcut I use. But yeah. 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 When we, we talk about the current released episode. Yeah. We really never got a lot of feedback. We went a little bit with Lore decks and a little bit with Prodigy kind of. We've gotten a lot with Picard season three. A lot three. more than usual. We yeah. have gotten a lot. Actually, we've got we've had some episodes where we've had more feedback for Picard season three than we have any other episode. Right. Right. You know, so there's interest in Picard season three and and Paramount seems to be noticing that. Yeah, that. And so there are rumors that Alex Kurtzman's contract may not be renewed. Right. So Alex Kurtzman is with his company called Secret Hideout, and they were contracted by Paramount to make Star Trek, but they don't own Star Trek. Paramount does. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And the kind of the rumors are Discovery Season 5 will be his last Star Trek that he will be responsible for. Or at least he will have to work with somebody like Terry Metalis. Yeah. And yeah, because Terry Metalis may get the uh, the like the Kevin um, Feige job, like like with the MCU and Disney. Yeah. You know, to running things. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he's going to be the one that's going to be coordinating the new series, like say a Star Trek Legacy, which is starting to be big time rumors. Well, I mean, the fans are all looking at the fact that we got Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Basically, that's how like yep. we demanded it because we liked Pike so much that Paramount said, "Give them what they want," and they gave it to it us. It turned out great, and, and it turned out fantastic. Yeah, I like Strange New Worlds. Oh, it's great, and that may be happening again with mm-hmm. with this idea of Star Trek and, legacy because there's is uh, now one of the one of the commentators sidetrack he keeps talking about a new series with seven at the helm yeah would be with the Titan yeah I would like to see it the current crew of the Titan yeah so with Shaw I like I, I mean like Shaw, Shaw is yeah he's he's a I could use words <laughs> to describe him but he's a good captain he's yeah. just <laughs> I, I like. I, I mean, he's like a, he's that the sand in the oyster that makes the pearl. I mean, he's he's that catalyst yeah. in in there, and I like that between him and Seven. And I I I enjoy Shaw. I think he's like another great character. He's not like Pike. He's different, and no. I, and I think he's another great captain. I think he's fun. And I I would love to see uh, Star Trek Legacy where yeah. it is the Titan. You know, the ventures of Titan after this. Um, kind of part of this rumors too is is. Patrick Stewart has said he's willing to reprise the character Picard after this, but only in cameos. Yeah. Right. So like they would, sh- he'd show up for like one scene or one, you know, one episode or something like that. Right. So, and the other TNG crews have said that as well. I want more Worf. Definitely. I would take more yeah. Worf and have him show up on a regular basis. Be- yeah. I-, I know you, you guys have said Worf and Raffi show. It's like, no. Worf. Yes. Raffi. <laughs> Mm. I, I'm less enamored of Raffi than, than other people are. Although, yeah. Although her character has improved a lot in this season too. Yes. Yeah. In fact, her character has improved a lot in this season. Same with seven. 
yeah, they've all, yep. all the the Picard char- series characters. Um, I, I kind of wish Cristobal Rios was still here uh, to see yeah. what he could have done with him because I think Terry Metalis would have had a, a blast with him. Oh, I, and I like I liked it. He was he was oh, yeah. one of the breakout characters of of previous seasons of Picard. I liked him a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but again, now this is all rumors. This is right. all speculation. But the fact that and there, there's even, you know, questions whether or not the Starfleet Academy series is actually going to happen or if that was Kurtzman kind of throwing out a last ditch Hail Mary to try to get it done. Right. Because the, there was some talk about the weird timing of his announcement and there were some issues with how it was announced and when it was announced and the fact that there wasn't follow up and some other things like and, that. And the fa- and the fact that there's still the Section 31 series that Paramount has says they are very interested in doing. Yep. With Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Who is an Oscar winning major actress right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And- so there's part of that kind of playing in there, too, supposedly. Again, all this is rumors of people who are supposedly insiders and no insiders and. Yeah, no people who know people kind of things. So I mean, Sidetrack Source is somebody who is like works in a third party marketing company that's not inside Paramount or Hide or whatever. So you take that with a grain of salt. And I mean, you got to take all this with a grain of salt. And he claims he knows some of the the people who are the the uh, representatives for the stars and stuff like that. So that there are a little more agents, you know, things like that. So yeah, we'll see. I, I all I know is we are. As Star Trek fans, we're in a wonderful period where we have multiple yep. great series going on and yeah. and the hope of even more in the near future. I mean, we've got Strange New Worlds. We're finishing up the best series, the season of Picard. We got Lower Decks and Prodigy and the hope of more. I mean, yeah, what more can and, you and want? And again, and if, if Paramount is noticing that the fans are responding positively to Lower Decks and Prodigy and Strange New Worlds and this season of Picard, they're going to say, we want more like that. Yeah. And less like the USS emotional discovery. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, they, they never reveal streaming numbers, but I'm really curious to see. I would love to know what the numbers are like for discovery versus other uh, shows. Well, and I, I wonder too, with, with TV nowadays, if it's as much about the numbers of course, they know it. Paramount knows down to oh, yeah. the bite how much, you know, down to the bit how much data has gone from each of these, you know, yeah. how many times these episodes have been watched. But if you're also looking at fan response, oh, yeah, how podcasts like ours are responding to it, how people on Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and all these other social media are responding to it, how people like um, the critical drinker who was very critical of previous seasons Picard has turned around. Yeah. Da- uh, what is it? Dave Cullen. Same thing. Yep. You know, these are, these are YouTube commentators that were extremely negative on previous seasons of Picard and have absolutely just savaged discovery. Right. And, then- and how they've turned around and they're like, this is fantastic. This is the Star Trek we wanted. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, we, you know, it remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Yep. Two more episodes. Two more episodes. All right. Well, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Jonathan L., Pam, Vincent D., Paul L., and Ryan O., their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give. 
make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. That's it from us. We'd love to hear what you thought of Star Trek's uh, Picard's Surrender or any of the other things we talked about in this episode. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek. Our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to trek at sqpn.com or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch The Secrets of Star Trek in full video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Media and leave a comment there as well. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next new episode of Star Trek Picard called Vox. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Don. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. Remember... It's the face of an old man who can still take a punch. Bye.